0: Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio today, and uh, we're just excited to be gathered around God's Word. I pray that you would uh, gather around God's Word with us. Grab your Bibles, grab your pencil, grab your paper. Let's dig in. Let's treat this session today just as if it is a Bible college class, because surely when you tune into this ministry, you are literally in uh, the school of the cross. You know, the Lord spoke to me this morning and reminded me that He only allows our boast to be in the cross of His Son. No, no, No boast in anything else. Just the cross of Christ. That's Galatians 6 and 14. So He reminded me that because of that great truth and reality... And guideline for his people that whatever we're talking about in the Word of God, there is nothing, if the, if the cross of Christ is not involved, there's nothing to boast of. There's nothing to boast of. Whatever I'm teaching, whatever I'm preaching, whatever I'm sharing from the Word, if the cross of Christ is left out, there's nothing to boast of. There's no boast. There is no boast there. Let's remember that from this day forward when we move into our studies of the word, when we listen to ministers and, and who, who listen. If, if they're not including the redemption plan of God, then they are eliminating the Holy Spirit that's what the new covenant teaches that he works the holy spirit the spirit of life works within the perimeters of one's faith in the sacrifice of christ romans 8 2 it's the new covenant there's a new law there there's the holy spirit there who works according to that law and it's in christ and we're told that if we're going to take one step which is what walking means if we're going to walk in Christ just one step any any steps at all it has to be in the same exact way that we received him how did we receive him through faith in the sacrifice let's never push the sacrifice out of the way for the sake of learning some knowledge Everything we learn in the Word of God must be dipped in the blood of Jesus uh, because it's the blood of the Lamb that is concerning all the words of our God. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 3 today, this is part 2, on this 17th day of February, 20 and 23. And again, I would encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us today and see the beauty of what's written here. We'll begin in verse 4 where the Bible says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. There is so much to be seen here if you look through the lens of Calvary, there is so little to be seen here and will be without any experience unless we look through the lens of Calvary. Because uh, let's let's start out with this today, that this particular scripture is referring to women, wives, not just women, wives, who are married to men and and their desire is to win these lost men or these backslidden men, whichever the case may be, back to the place or into the place of being obedient to the Word of God, to God. So that's the context of these scriptures here. And uh, last week we touched on that very first word in verse 1, likewise. So we had to go back, and we won't do it today, but we had to go back and read the end of chapter 2 to see what's there so that likewise this, like that, they're tied together. They have to be tied together or it won't work, honey. It won't work unless you understand the end of chapter 2. You can't just open this and even know what this means. It'll be vain imaginations. It'll be a waste of time. It'll only be self-efforts. You have to go and ground yourself in what's written in the end of the last several verses in chapter 2. And then... then Likewise, you wives can walk in this truth that's written here. But we get, you know, and he tells us that, he tells the wives, you're not going to win him through adorning yourself in any manner. And we talked last week about how certain whole groups of people that call themselves the church, and I'm not going to be their judge, they may be saved, I don't know. But they've made up all these rules, they've used these scriptures uh, and now the women can't plaid their hair. Now, no women. Not, not, and this is not about women. This is about wives. Get that? Well, we can do some dumb stuff. I, let me say it again. I'm not being ugly. But we can take God's word and we can do some dumb, very dumb stuff if we're not looking through the lens of Calvary. And we will. It'll all be dumb stuff unless we're looking through the lens of Calvary and we're grasping the truth of Calvary as the Holy Spirit guides us into the experience of all truth as we're holding on to that nail-scarred hand. And listen, when I'm talking about trusting in the cross, when I'm talking about looking through the cross, I'm speaking of that you you and I have to deliberately and consciously... The Lord gave me those two words because that's what happened when you were born again. You deliberately and you consciously knew you were aware of all of a sudden that you were a sinner in need of a Savior and you were hearing the gospel that was bringing that conviction and you deliberately And you consciously, being aware of what you were hearing, being aware that you were choosing to trust in what Jesus did on the cross from your heart. And you were born again. You deliberately and consciously chose to surrender to the truth of Jesus and his death. Not just Jesus. That ain't going to do nothing for you. It takes the death of Jesus for you to be saved. It takes believing in the death of Jesus for you to live saved. And so Colossians 2, 6 tells us, As we have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so just like that walk ye in him. You'll not take, let me say, this is a very scary thing. And it will show those who have a true and tender heart, a heart that is a spirit-taught heart, to wake up and realize, I've not been walking after the Spirit. I've not been being led of the Spirit. I've not been really living for God according to the Scriptures when I realize that I can't take one step being led of the Spirit unless my faith is consciously and deliberately, I am aware of, I am trusting in the death of Jesus, not just for my initial sanctification, but for my fruit today. My fruit today. When this comes along and I don't like it, I cling to Calvary. When they do this to me, when they say this about me, we run to Calvary because in his death we are hidden. In his death we have a refuge not because we declare it. not because we say it, but because with our hearts we are believing unto that righteousness Hallelujah. So don't this this needs to be being taught in every, let me say it again, every pulpit, in the world, it will cause the, 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 the people of God who want to live for God to be able to begin to live for God. It will also reveal that which is, only has an appearance of godliness, but it has absolutely no power. No power. Without a conscious, deliberate surrender, faith to the death of Jesus, my friend, it's all just form and deceitful and deceptive. And without the cross involved in whatever we're doing. And it's not if I'm not consciously and deliberately trusting in that work. Hallelujah. In my being united together, planted with, by faith, my Savior in His death. Hallelujah. It's the only way that I can walk also in the likeness of His resurrection. So when we we, we see... These whole groups of people who make these scriptures into a law for all women. You can't wear plaid in your hair. You can't plaid, plaid, uh, plaid your hair, honey. Oh, you can't wear jewelry, honey. The Bible says you can't wear jewelry. No, this is about women trying to win a lost husband or a backslidden husband. So, this is not about just females. This is not even about wives who have saved husbands who are living for God. You can plaid your hair, honey. You can wear jewelry. Oh, if, if you don't think you can... Then you just stay in that legalism And you really You claim you're trusting And that you believe in the cross But you don't You're trusting in what you wear You're trusting in what you wear If you're trusting in what you wear Then that means you're not trusting in the cross Because it's not the cross and anything It's the cross Let me give you a little phrase here That'll help you out It's Jesus Christ and him crucified Period If you put another and after crucified, you eliminate yourself from the grace that could be yours every moment of the day. How do I know? Because the book of Galatians teaches us that the church there in Galatia just changed the object of their faith from the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, to circumcision. Just one up, one different object. They, Jesus Christ and Him crucified and circumcision. Jesus tells Paul to tell them, you can read it in Galatians, especially in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, that they fell from grace. doesn't mean they lost their souls. It means they fell from where grace is experienced. The Christ, the Bible says there, Christ can no longer profit them or affect them. Why? Why did it take them going all out and getting engrossed? No, one wrong object of faith. One wrong object of faith. One wrong object of faith. And let me say about the guy in Romans 14, he's in the same boat. He's in the same boat. He's in in the same experience. Now, we're, we're not to condemn him. We're to preach so he can hear it and get out of that just like the same opportunity was offered to the church in Galatia, the same opportunity is offered to the man and all the other people who thought they were growing spiritually by what, they, by what they did or didn't eat. Come on now. Come on now. One wrong object of faith. One wrong object of faith. And you, you know it's true that... In a moment, we can trust in something else. And then in another moment, we can be trusting in Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's why we must all be found striving together for not Pentecost, the faith of the gospel, Philippians 1.27, When Peter did his big piece of stupid there in Antioch, you can read about it in Galatians chapter 2, Paul pointed him back to the justification through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, Peter was already justified, yeah, but his fruit wasn't being justified by God. And just because we've been justified... And we have this, what we're going to look at today, the hidden man of the heart doesn't mean that that hidden man of the heart is being allowed to express Christ and bear fruit. One wrong object of faith, one moment, any moment that we're not trusting in the cross, that means we're trusting in something else. And let me say this before we dig in today. This is paramount. This is huge. Right now, all of the church if they are the blood-bought church, will tell you, I believe, we believe in the cross. We know that. We know you believe in the cross. You have to to be saved. But my friend, are you denying yourself taking it up every moment of the day so that you can follow Jesus because you can't follow him unless that's, that's the experience. Let me say that again. You can't follow Jesus because you think you are, or you think you need to, or you want to, you can't be his disciple, Luke fourteen twenty six and 27, lest you take your cross up. He says there, now your family might stop you from doing that, and if they do, you can't be my disciple. To be my disciple, and that word means learner, to learn of Christ. Here here comes another confirmation, my friends, that the word disciple means learner, and, and, and you can't learn anything Christ says of him unless you're denying self. Self eliminates learning, and the only answer for self is to take that cross up. So the cross... The focus of Calvary, it being in the forefront of our minds, not thrown back here, but when we open our Bible, we stand before Calvary. Behold the Lamb. Hallelujah. And then the Holy Spirit can pour the Scriptures into our hearts because we can't learn what's written unless we're denying self, taking up our cross to follow Christ. We can't learn of the one we're not following, and we're not following Him unless our faith is in the cross and not not that blanket statement. Well, we believe in the cross, my friend. You got to be found, and you got to be denying yourself. Take up your cross and follow. Jesus. Then you'll begin to see the scriptures in their light. <laughs> Not until then. It'll just be men's words of wisdom. And you'll even be hearing folk tell you, you ain't got to bring the redemption plan of God into every message. Well, my Lord, any message without it has no wisdom and no power and no experience of it other than sitting in a pew and listening to somebody read the Bible they might get a little dramatic and they might bring a Bible story to a climax and, and, but, but if the climax is not what the climax of Jesus life and ministry was is not the climax of that story then nothing happens my friend other than the flesh gets excited we go home there's no change there's no revival but where the climax of every teaching and every message and everything about us is Jesus and what the climax of his life and ministry was, then, my friend, you won't have to run to and fro looking for God. You're going to find this hidden man of the heart being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Let's look at this today in verse 4. And remember, this has been about wives trying to win their lost or backslidden husbands. So let's move on now. But let it be. You're adorning. Let's go back and read verse 3. Let's stay here and let's just eat these treasures up today. Watch verse 3. Who's adorning? This means what we're decorated with, these wives... Who's adorning, don't let your adorning be the outward adorning of the plaiting of your hair and the wearing of gold and a putting on of certain types of clothing. Watch. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. This is so beautiful. And see, this is where we all come into the scene as children of God. Although the context is about wives trying to win lost or backslidden husbands, we all come on the scene here because every born-again child of God has this new hidden man of the heart, the new man. And watch, let's look at the description. This is so beautiful. Man, I I don't say this very much, but I feel this today. These truths here that we are touching and, and seeing and the Holy Spirit will pour into our hearts and guide us into, watch this, let it be the hidden man of the heart, this new man that every Christian has in that which is not corruptible. Remember what Peter wrote in another place that we're not born again of corruptible seed, but that of incorruptible, that being the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, planted on. Calvary's cross in death Oh, so that we could die with him And be buried with him And raised to newness of life with him And walk in resurrection power with him Hallelujah Watch now In that which is not corruptible This new man This hidden man of the heart That we all Christians have on the inside He's not corruptible He's not corrupt He can't corrupt anything He's not corruptible. Watch. Even the armament, it describes him. And, and, And as we read this today, please, please understand that this is, we will see it here, which in the sight of God is great price. Why? Because this new man looks like Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. This new man, this hidden inner man He looks like Jesus, glory be to God. And and he's described here, watch. Even the ornament of a meek, that means humble and quiet, quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, let's think about this for a minute. This that in the sight of God is of great price. The only thing that's of great price to God is Jesus. But the fruit, listen, the fruit of this hidden man of the heart is the fruit of who Jesus is and what he did at the cross. Get that? That's why and the church needs to be hearing this without end in every pulpit in the world that we cannot go from faith to faith or glory to glory unless we are beholding the Lamb and His work on the cross because that is what allowed us to be created new in him created in Christ Jesus created in that righteous work created in that picture of true holiness hallelujah the clearest and brightest picture of uh, of God's righteousness and true holiness is what Jesus did de- who he was get that who he was Through what he did at Calvary. If we're trying to see it through any other place, we'll go blind looking for it because we already are blind. We only see when we look to Christ and his death. And, and, And this, the Bible calls it the ornament. Of a meat the, the, ad, the, the adorning, uh, the, this what we're the fruit of who we are should be the fruit of who we are as the hidden inner man, the new creation in Christ. And when he's allowed to live, the flesh is denied and he's allowed to live and express the Christ that he looks like that he's made after the image of, then it will be this beautiful, not to men, but to God. Are we more concerned about pleasing men from outward or God from inward? Because God only looks upon the heart and he's only pleased with what happens in the heart that he's able to do only that which he's able to do so 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 let's look at that today oh my goodness it's so beautiful and it's so uh, 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 revelatory I mean it opens the scriptures up like never before when we understand that Jesus in in his death is what we're being made conformable to because it is the fullness the perfection of this new and inner hidden man. Watch this now in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all, Christians, with open face, nothing blocking our view anymore, watch, beholding as in a glass, meaning mirror, that means what we're beholding is being reflected back to us. Oh my goodness, watch this, the glory of the Lord. What we're viewing, unless something is blocking our face, what we're viewing is the glory of the Lord, but we're looking at it as in a mirror, and it's reflecting back toward us, watch, and we're watching our God... Change us into that same image. Now, from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But if we don't know what that image we're being changed into is, we all go home right now at this point. We leave the Bible study and we've all got different thoughts about what that means, what we're looking at. But Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, gives us this scripture so that we can all be on the same page. Hallelujah. We all know what we're looking at. And the Bible tells us in other places, in Hebrews 2 and 9, but we see Jesus, Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus. And I hope you're taking notes because both of those Bible verses, in those Bible verses, point to the cross, the death of Jesus. Watch this now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may know him, Paul writes, hungry to know him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of his resurrection. Oh, what, what is the power of his resurrection? And the fellowship of his sufferings. Remember, you can't, you can't reign with him by grace through righteousness unless you suffer with him. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. That ain't talking about heaven. That's talking about now. Because there ain't going to be no suffering in heaven. Oh, see how simple that is. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. But, there's a but. If we deny him, he will deny us. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. And other scriptures. Sardis. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The end of Revelation chapter 3, Laodicea. He, why, do you ha, why do you think Jesus on the outside of the door knocking to get in? Because he, he, he's knocking to get in, but he's resisting them. He won't come in there and fellowship. He won't fellowship with them until they come back to the place of fellowship, which is around the sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. Watch now. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection... And the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm. Being made conformable, being made conformable unto his death. You see, here's where the power of the re- resurrection, it's what it was given to you for. It's what it was given to you. You need resurrection power to be able to fellowship in the sufferings of God and, and of Christ and to reign with him. If you don't have resurrection power, you can't suffer with Him. Let's get real here. It's only because you're living by the resurrection power, a crucified life, that you are suffering with Him. (coughs) And only through that avenue can you reign with Him. But if you deny that one way, He's denying you. So I want you to see this today. We're being, and I mean, you can go back to Romans chapter 8. We're, we're told that we're being made conformable or we're being conformed to the image of God's Son. Here's where we see what that means. We're being made conformable unto His death. In and Gal- and, and, and 2 Corinthians 3 and, and 18, is where we see where we're going from glory to glory, being moved by the Spirit, led by the Spirit from glory to glory, only, not just any time, not any time, only while we're beholding Look, as in a glass in a mirror, that which Christ did for us at Calvary. We're being made conformable unto his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you understand that. We're not being made conformable to his resurrection. No, we're being, by resurrection power, being made conformable unto his death. We're talking about in our experience. We ought, listen... We already are in Christ. We already are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But we're talking about experience. Remember Peter in Antioch was already justified, righteous, seated with Christ in heavenly places, had all spiritual blessings loaded upon him and and, and was being used of God mightily. But all of a sudden there was a moment, oh, these moments, where Peter, get this, Peter was moved by other men. Are you being moved by other men who don't know this truth that you know? Are you pulling away from your being grounded in this truth that you've been grounded in, like Peter was, by other men now who don't know this? You're hearing lies that God is God is really saying the same thing through them, just not how we say it. No, if they're saying it, there's there's <laughs> if they're saying what we're saying, they're saying what Paul was saying. We're in fellowship together, honey. Oh, and it's out there for everybody to see and know. And we and they will renounce everything that wasn't this way so that everybody can come to this place where we can all be of the same mind, the same spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel, honey. If that ain't where we're at, then we're not together. But that is where I am. And I hope the whole church wakes up and joins around this great sacrifice of Christ again. Hallelujah. So... We all, with open face, that means while nothing's blocking it, as soon as something starts blocking that, circumcision. Just speaking, speaking words. The government of 12, the purpose-driven, the promise keepers, the walk of Emmaus, it, walking around your house five times, declaring this and declaring that, well, it don't matter what it is. If, there's, if it's not a, 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 listen, a deliberate and a conscious, I'm aware of what I'm trusting in, the death and, of Christ in my union with him. I'm being identified with my Lord through my faith in his death. That's how you were identified with him initially, and that's the only way you can be identified with him in your fruit-bearing walk with him. And if there ain't no fruit, it's because you're not walking with him. And you're not walking with him because your object of faith has moved from the cross, the death of... Oh, but we believe in the cross. But are you trusting in that work consciously and deliberately? For when you are, the Holy Spirit will deliberately pour the fruit of who he is, Christ is, working in your life. So you got to be beholden. Why are we talking about this stuff? Well, let's go back and see. In... 1 Peter 3 and 4, But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. That hidden man of the heart that's not corruptible is the new man who is meek. The new man is humble, and he is of a quiet spirit. He's not raging. He, he's not trying to get the last word. He's not trying to uh, argue and dispute and, and, and condemn. He, he's just of a quiet spirit. He's humble. Remember Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. What did Jesus say? Let's look over there at it now. Come on now, let's look at Matthew 11, 28. Let's look at it together. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you this quietness. I will give you this humility. I will give you of mine. Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes he will speak on my behalf. He will speak of me. He will give you that of mine. Watch this now. Take my this is very important that you hear this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke, learn about me. That's what he's saying. Don't just learn what I don't just hear what I'm saying. Look, I'm trying to teach you about me. Take my yoke, learn of me, learn about me. That's what Jesus said. That's what he's wanting us to learn, who he is as this humble and meek. Watch, he'll tell you, for I am meek. He's meek. And lowly in heart, quiet, not raging, not, not just trying to get out and make everybody see. He, he, no, no. He's humble. He's lowly in heart. And when we learn this about our Jesus and we follow through faith in where we found Jesus and where we we were immersed into Jesus, Romans 6 and 3, and where we believed with the heart unto righteousness at the cross, hallelujah, and our mouths begin to declare that great salvation when our faith is, is consciously and deliberately there. And if you don't think it has to be, that's why you have all those moments of big pieces of stupid in your life. If you're honest with yourself, you'll have to admit you've never committed a sin while your heart was given over to the cross of Christ. You can commit, you can live in sin and say you believe in the cross, but you're not living in and practicing sin when your heart is surrendered to the sacrifice of Christ. That's why this is a striving for the faith of the gospel. Get that? Well, Let's go back over here now to uh, where we are. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Let's look at the beauty of this again. But let it be the hidden man. Listen. Anything outwardly, other than the fruit of who the new man is in Christ Jesus, is not going to help anybody spiritually. It's not going to help anybody spiritually. And how we hear about how a new man can come on scene, and how we hear about how and where the new man is created, and how we hear about where the new man's fruit can be expressed is only through the preaching of the cross. You got Genesis through Revelation to preach the cross. And again, let me say it today. If God forbids that his people boast in anything other than the cross, then we better have it mixed up in everything he's given us to preach and teach because God says, God says the message of the cross is not just a message. It is my testimony of my son, and everything must be about that. That work at Calvary is concerning every word, whether you can understand it or not, and all this higher level of education is what brings the curtain back between you and beholding. You say it don't, but it does, because, that because this higher level of education Brings blinders with it. It, 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 it. it blinds us, it removes the simplicity of Christ, the simplicity of what's written. So let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, but it's the adornment of humility. See that that's oh my goodness. And and let me say this, humility doesn't exist in the eyes of God unless it's the humility of Christ. And we we can't experience the humility of Christ unless our faith is in the one object where He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death. It wasn't His humility before the cross. It was the same humility that He died with but the humi- only his death opened the door to his humility becoming your humility, his obedience becoming your obedience. I like saying it like I heard some guy say a long time ago, the life Christ lived qualified him for the death he died. And the death he died, only the death he died qualifies us for the life he lived. Aren't you looking for the fruit. In your life. Of Christ. Well it's only going to be experienced. Through your faith in his death. Because only through an experiential. Deliberate and conscious faith. A surrender of the heart to Calvary. Your union with your savior. In his death. That the new man. Can. Can. Can, can that the fruit of the new man can be seen, can, can the ornaments of who he is. Look, the ornament, the decoration of who the new man is in Christ will be seen. Because it's not our humility if it's not the humility of Christ. It's the same way with faith. Our faith is really not biblical unless it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have nothing that is not His. Every time Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, that's because that heart was trusting in what Jesus was doing by grace through faith every step of His life. They had nothing that that He did not give them. When the Lord says your faith has made you whole, that's because your heart is given over to Jesus and what he did by grace through faith on that cross, who he is as Savior. Never forget that. So it's this hidden inner man that has the, the, the inner new man, the hidden inner man. He's hidden from the world. And, and the church doesn't know this, and that's why we decorate so, and, and, and that's why we try to decorate outwardly and, and do things so outwardly because we just hadn't given over to the cross like we need to. And I'm talking about all of us. We, we just hadn't surrendered to the cross like we really need to. Come on, somebody. We, we, we believe it. And we're learning to trust in the cross. But how many moments of our day, every day, are we found wandering with our minds? And we know there's the Holy Spirit there saying, take that thought captive back to the obedience of God of Christ, uh, that means back to the cross where that can be crucified. And we hear the Holy Spirit, but we say, hold on just a minute. I want to play with this one a little bit longer. Now, I'm just being facetious, but I'm being real too. You know I you know I'm being honest here. You know, we 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 our minds begin to drift out here and gossip or a, a lust or, or or some kind of sinful something and the Holy Spirit's faithful. He's there. Job 7:18 says he's trying us every moment. So he's faithful to be there to convict us every moment. And he's awaiting, he won't overpower us, but he's waiting for our trust to be in that obedience of Christ unto death. And then by his spirit, we can grab those things and take them back there. But how many times, how many moments do we actually say, I ain't ready yet, hold on. And 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 if we're not careful, my friend, I've watched it happen for years in people's lives. If, if they don't know to take their thoughts captive to the cross and that their faith, they can't just be talking scripture, their heart, mm, their heart, they have to be given to the cross, surrendered to the cross. It can't just be a, a sound theological doctrine. It's got to be what I give myself to. Oh, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings uh, being made conformable Unto his death. If you don't know that. You're not ever going to do anything right. You're you're not just. Listen. If you don't know. What it means to take those thoughts captive. To the obedience of Christ. They're going to take you in places. And hold you there. That you don't want to be. And keep you there longer. Than you want to be. And you won't ever leave there. Until you. Come back to Calvary till you begin to hold that glorious image that you could be. You have the potential of being made conformable to, but it ain't automatic, honey. It's the fight of your life. It's a good fight of faith. Hallelujah. You hearing me today, aren't you? Boy, it's powerful today. I know it is. And I mean I'm encouraged by what's what's being taught here today, what we're seeing here today. I'm being encouraged by these things. <sighs> because too much of the church just thinks it's automatic. God gonna do whatever. I mean, he's gonna take care of me no matter what. Man, you go off and get yourself in big trouble. And you'll stay in that trouble as long as you want to stay in that trouble. Because you have to choose, my friend, just like you did when you were born again. You have to choose to come back to Calvary. And until you do, you're out there in that. And it may not be the foul mouth and the drugs and the adulteries and all the lust and all that stuff that God saved you from initially or some of it along the way. But listen... The sin you're in might just be some religious sin. Do you know the greatest sin is to not be found trusting from your heart in Christ and what He did at Calvary? That's the greatest sin. Because when you're not trusting in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you're trusting in yourself. And that's why one 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 object of faith that's wrong, anything, as we talked about earlier, it pulls the curtain on what we're supposed to be looking at because now we're looking at the purpose driven. Now we're looking at circumcision. Now we're focused on what we're eating or not eating. Now we're focused on what we're doing or not doing. Now we're focused on what we're wearing or not wearing and the curtain's been pulled by us. The curtain's been pulled by us by our selfish ambition, our selfish self-righteous avenues and the hidden inner man, he's still there. But who he is and, the, and, and, and what he was created in, righteousness and true holiness, can't be seen. Can't be seen. That's not what we're being adorned with. We're being adorned by our own works. Well, this is powerful today. It'll liberate those who, who, who want to be liberated if they'll let truth, the scriptures, liberate them. I'm not going to liberate you. Don't call me and tell me I liberated you. I ain't never liberated anybody, myself included. Jesus is the liberator through what he did at Calvary. And your faith has to be there. Just because Jesus did that work doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. No, you must call upon the name of the Lord. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for you and was raised. You must consciously and deliberately from the heart of who you are, believe that to be saved. And then to live saved, you must consciously and deliberately choose to stay surrendered. Romans 6 uses the word yielded yielded to that great form of doctrine that freed you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness. Hallelujah. So let it be. It's not an automatic thing. You can choose to still plaid your hair and wear jewelry and perfume yourself out and look the best you can look and look all certain ways, wives, to try to win your husband spiritually to the Lord, but God said He's resisting you in all of that in your attempt. Because that's not his way of right. God, that's not his way of righteousness. That's you and your self-attempts through how you look and smell to try to win your husband spiritually to gain him to Christ. Amen. That's what this is about. But verse 4 says, but. That won't work. That means God won't bless it. God won't use it. If God says don't do it, he ain't going to go ahead and use it anyway uh, every once in a while. <coughs> I've heard preachers say dumb things like, well, you know, the Holy Spirit only works through the perimeters of, of your faith in the cross, but sometimes he, he will do things a little differently just to throw you a loop. My friend, that's a voice of mixture and it won't happen. It won't happen. If God tells you not to do something, he'll never bless it when you do. Never. No that means that no husband, backslidden or lost, has ever been won to Christ through the outward look of his wife. Ever. Maybe not even through her at all, but if it was through her, it was through what the Bible here refers to, that he saw something about her that he couldn't explain because he's lost, but it was that, listen, it was that hidden inner man of the heart that in the sight of God is of great price, and it was doing something to him, more than how pretty she was, how beautiful she was. There was something else much deeper going on than anything on the outward surface. And the rest of the story is just what God did if he got saved. But listen, I liked, I just now noticed something, that last word in this verse, price. Let's look at that. This ornament, this, this decoration, this, this adornment of this, hidden inner man is meekness, it's humility. If that's, not what's, if that's not what your fruit is, you're not learning of Christ because that's what taking his yoke on you is all about. We read it in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. God sees this meekness, this humility. God sees this quiet spirit, not trying to rule over people, this quiet spirit. Let me say something, preacher. Just preach the message of the cross. Preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and let the Lord rule the people. Quit trying to rule people. Preachers aren't here to rule. If you read in Hebrews where we're teaching on Mondays and Thursdays now, in Hebrews chapter 13, our rule as ministers is only found through the gospel we're preaching. If it's not the gospel... You don't have any authority to be ruling with. God's authority comes through the cross of Christ and must be any authority we're walking with must be attached consciously and deliberately by faith to that obedience, to that obedience of Christ at Calvary. So look at this. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. When the Holy Spirit uses the word price here in the scriptures, let's just look it up together. If you've got a way do that, you'll see with me together right here in the school of the cross. <laughs> Extremely expensive, this price, this great price. Great Price, great cost, great, it says here, extremely expensive, costly, very precious, of great price. There's only one thing. There's only one thing that's of great price to God. And that's Christ and what he did at Calvary. For there, the Bible says, we were purchased by that blood. Our lives are not even our own. We've been bought by the blood of the Lamb with great price, unimaginable. A price that has no zero on the end. If you were looking at it in monetarily uh, avenue, but you can't because money can't buy it. Works can't gain it, ours anyway. This great price is what Jesus paid on Calvary's cross to make us these new creations in his son, to give us these new, uh, this new hidden man, inner man, that's alive in Christ Jesus, that can only move and have his being in Christ Jesus. He's the only part of us that can express Christ. That's why when we hear the scripture in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. That's the old man. Yet I live. But not I. Not the old I. Here comes the new I. The life I now live. Oh, hallelujah. See, there's a two different I's in that verse. I, the old man, am crucified. That's a done deal. Yet I live. But the life I now, I now live. I, the new man, not the old man, the new man... I live in this same old flesh body that I was in when I was lost. I'm still in this body, but the life I, the new man, now lives, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, the one who made me alive, the one who made me alive in him. That's why your faith, my friends, must be not in this outward blanket statement of I believe in the cross too, brother. I'm glad you do. But are you trusting in that when the doctor tells you that you have some few days, weeks to live? Are you trusting? Is that where you're running or do you run to a cigarette in an old country song? Or do you even run to a a church building like so many people do? i got a court date coming up. I need need to get back in the church up there. No, man, the church is not the answer. It should have the answer as you're being given it today, but it is not the answer. Amen, Brother Curtis. Look at this. Only this meek and quiet new man is precious and of great price in the sight of God. The question is for me today and you today is will I keep my faith consciously and deliberately in the death of Jesus fight to be found striving for the faith of the gospel to keep my faith anchored planted in the likeness of the death of Christ reckon myself Who be dead indeed under the sin nature, but alive unto God through my Lord Jesus Christ? Will I be found living, striving, so that God can see this in my life, through my life that He considers great price? Really, here's the simplicity of it Will my God see His Son? Today, through me. Because the life that we now live, we live by His faith. The faith that He loved us with and gave Himself with. And we have received the measure of that faith. Will I move on, press in, and never move away from? that which I can behold at every moment of the day, that which the curtain has been pulled away from, and now what I'm viewing is my Savior and what He did for me at Calvary as in a mirror, that glorious image, and that work is now, I'm watching my God make me conformable under that image, the image of the Lamb, the image, the nature of the lamb how I'm watching him conform me into that image image of what God saw in the death of his son that's true Christianity outside of that is a bunch of talk outside of that is just a bunch of religion outside of viewing that and being changed by that. There is no going from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. We can't go from glory to glory if we're not looking at the glory. And the glory, the devil has brought so many lies in the church about the I read a book by that old Hagen guy one time that said he was in a meeting and the glory of God came under the door. It was a purple haze, literally, that filled the room. God ain't doing that. How do you know, preacher? Because the Bible says God no longer speaks to us in diverse ways in various manners. He speaks to us by His Son. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 24 and 25 says that He speaks from heaven now through the blood that cleanses. Come on, somebody. Read it. Write it down. Go look at it. All that flaked out stuff is not the glory of God. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. And what he did at Calvary is where God glorified him and offered that glory to be in us. Oh, that glory that's soon about to be revealed in us. Glory be to God. It's been a wonderful teaching today. I hope you listen to it again. I, hope, I only hope that you'd help me publish it by hitting the share button. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of those who are preaching it. Don't matter if you're already in another church. Listen, I ain't trying to get you in our church. I'm trying to get you back to the cross so you can walk in the faith. Hallelujah. So just praise God. Glory be to God, I pray. He touches you today and heals anything broken, realigns anything crooked, and gives strength, uh, His strength made perfect in that which is weakness as you're trusting in the cross of Christ. Don't forget to check the web store out, thecrosswaychurch.com. Click on the store icon, see what's available. Uh, don't forget the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do is there. It's live there on Wednesday and Sundays. And it's up, everything else we do is uploaded there. So... Tune in. I've got three Facebook pages that I I uh, rule over, if you will. Curtis Hutchinson, Pastor Curtis, and Crossway Church of Queen City, Texas. God bless you. I love you. Until I see you again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.